Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Paleo Valley. We know that chronic inflammation is at the root of every single degenerative disease, and so if we're going to thrive in life, we've got to do things to help encourage a healthy inflammation response in our body. One of the best ways we can do that is take herbs that help support inflammation and keep inflammation under control. The most well-studied herb for doing that is turmeric. Turmeric inhibits the inflammatory nuclear factor kappa beta and STAT3 pathways. These are genetic pathways that amplify inflammation in our body. And by inhibiting these, turmeric really helps support good blood flow, joint health, brain function, our ability to think sharply and quickly and have good memory, mood, and just an overall good mindset. Now, when it comes to taking turmeric, you know, certainly we can be putting it on our, our food, you know, and taking food-based uh, forms of turmeric, right? A lot of people will use the most well-studied compound, which is curcumin. However, what we know is that whole food-based turmeric has nearly 300 other beneficial components than just curcumin alone. And so again, curcumin is extremely powerful. But the research shows that taking a whole food-based turmeric complex can be much more beneficial. Now, the problem with turmeric is that it notoriously has low bioavailability on its own, and the body has a hard time absorbing it. It really needs a good soluble fat to absorb it. And that's why Paleo Valley, with their turmeric complex, they added coconut oil. I mean, you think about like a like a curry with turmeric and coconut oil, and it's got different warming herbs, black pepper. You know, it's a, a, a popular Indian dish, the curry. That's really what allows it to absorb the best, the fat, the warming herbs. And that's what Paleo Valley did when they created their turmeric complex. They added coconut oil, they added black pepper, and that combination has been shown to increase the absorption of turmeric by 2,000%. On top of that, they also added in ginger, rosemary, and cloves, which are herbs that really support brain, brain function. They support healthy inflammation, immune health, good digestion, and blood sugar stability. So you get all of that in the Paleo Valley Turmeric Complex. I'm a huge advocate of this supplement. I take it on a regular basis. And you can take it now as well and get a special discount. In fact, go to paleovalley.com forward slash drjockers. And use the coupon code Jockers, just my last name, Jockers at checkout. That will save you 15% off your order. So, guys, if you want to keep inflammation under control and really thrive in life, try out the Paleo Valley Turmeric Complex today. Again, use the coupon code Jockers at checkout to save 15%. Well, today I'm talking about caffeine metabolism. And really answering the question, are you a slow caffeine metabolizer? So all of us have experienced caffeine. Some of us feel great when we consume caffeine. Some of us don't feel so good. And the most popular form of caffeine that we consume in our society is through coffee. And there's been you know, a lot of clinical studies done on coffee 
and most of them very favorable, showing that coffee and caffeine consumption improves brain health, turns on fat burning, helps stabilize blood sugar levels, particularly coffee when, when we're talking about blood sugar because of the chlorogenic acid and caffeic acid. It helps improve bowel movements, right? So it helps stimulate peristalsis in the gut and also can help turn on autophagy where our body breaks down old damaged cellular debris, old damaged mitochondrial debris and recycles them and actually turns up the resilience of the cell, creates new cellular organelles. So a lot of amazing benefits, but of course, there's about you know a quarter of the population that really does not do good at all on caffeine. They struggle to metabolize it, break it down. And so there's about two thirds of the population that you know, a certain amount of caffeine, they do really well with, in fact, great health benefits and they feel a lot better and actually can help prevent chronic disease. But again, there's roughly about a quarter to a third of the population that may struggle on caffeine really needs to consider the dosage, the amount that they consume. And I'm one of those people. I cannot handle uh, a lot of caffeine at once, like the standard dose, hundred milligrams or so at once. Um, I can feel too anxious. My heart can race. Uh, I'll crash hours later. And that's because of my caffeine metabolism. The way that my body, my genetics metabolizes caffeine is different than other people. And we're going to talk about that today. So first, before we get into that, let's talk about what caffeine is. It's a bitter white crystalline water soluble compound called a methyl xanthine alkaloid. It closely, it's closely related to the adenine and guanine contained in DNA. So it's very close to these bases that we find in DNA. And it's defined as the most commonly consumed psychoactive drug on the planet because obviously it impacts our brain, our mood, right? Impacts neurotransmitters. And, uh, you know, that's really the main mechanism is how it impacts uh, adenosine, which is kind of a calming almost like a break on the brain, similar to GABA. It's, it's relax. It's helps to calm the brain and can induce sleepiness and caffeine works on that. And then it also, it helps to activate dopamine, which gives us drive and motivation and energy and pleasure. And so it works on that. Now, caffeine is naturally occurring in over 60 plants, including of course, coffee, but also tea, like green tea, obviously black tea has caffeine. A lot of different teas have caffeine. Cacao, right? Or chocolate has caffeine. Cola nuts and guarana berries as well all have caffeine in them. So 85% of Americans drink at least one caffeinated beverage each day. Uh, we know that caffeine in our nerve system, we have synapses, little gaps in between neurons and Inside of those, that's where the neurotransmitters are communicating. And there's a neurotransmitter called adenosine. And so adenosine, what it does, it binds to adenosine receptors and inhibits the neurons and signals the brain that it's time for rest. So it affects energy levels, causes sleepiness. Caffeine competes with that adenosine for its receptors, essentially blocking adenosine from binding to them. So caffeine is called an adenosine antagonist. So it blocks adenosine from interacting with its receptors. And because now it's not interacting with its receptors, we don't get that sleepiness, right? And, and why does one person, you know, have greater amounts of adenosine possibly or 
um, you know, greater affinity for adenosine. Adenosine actually is really important for provoking deep sleep, right? Helping us with very restorative sleep. So it's it's very important for that. But of course, during the day, we don't want to have sleepiness. Normally, you know, for, for a lot of people, they notice really good wakefulness and some adenosine inhibition by getting movement in, by getting out in the sun. So getting good quality sun exposure early in the day can help reduce adenosine activity and and as well as the exercise like i said um cold you know cold showers or cold water you'll notice a lot of wakefulness because that acts as an adenosine antagonist as well and reduces adenosine levels and then of course caffeine right so you know if you're not doing those other things i would recommend that getting some cold water even if it's just cold water that you get from your sink and you just kind of spray it into your face right or, or splash it on your face that alone will create, um, you know, it'll activate some cold shock receptors, will activate uh, adrenaline levels, and will help block adenosine, getting sun exposure, getting out for a walk in the morning, early in the day, getting good sun exposure early, getting movement early can be really helpful. And so by blocking adenosine, right, when you can do it again with some of those other activities, but of course with caffeine as well, which is what caffeine does, it stimulates neurons. It stimulates particularly dopamine, which affects muscle control, pleasure, pain, and emotions. So those dopamine receptors become more active when we block adenosine. Adenosine and dopamine are opposites, right? Adenosine slows down brain activity and promotes sleepiness. Dopamine activates brain activity, right? Dopamine helps give us a lot of creative thoughts, helps us have drive towards goals and, and getting stuff done. But dopamine will also reduce our sleepiness, right? So if we have high levels of dopamine late, like in the evening or at night, we're not going to be able to sleep well, right? We're not going to get good quality, deep sleep. It's going to block melatonin production. We're not going to recover well, and we're not going to drain and detoxify our brain. And so it's important that you know we have lower levels of adenosine early in the day, and then adenosine should build up in the evening, particularly after dark. And then dopamine, you know, we want higher early in the day and then lower in the evening. And caffeine can help with that if we obviously take it at the appropriate times. We don't want to take it in the evening because that will stimulate more of the dopamine, which will reduce our deep sleep. Now, let's talk about some different genes and enzymes. We know that the CYPA12 enzyme or cytochrome P450-1A2 enzyme is involved in phase one metabolism of several xenobiotics, including caffeine, aflatoxin B1, acetaminophen. It also metabolizes endogenous compounds such as bilirubin, melatonin, and estrogens, right? So this is kind of the first phase of liver detoxification. The AA uh variant of or allele of the CYPA12 enzyme is the fast metabolizer of caffeine. So it gets it out of the system fast. There's also an, an AC variant, which is more of a medium caffeine metabolizer. And then there's a CC. The CC is slower caffeine metabolizer. And so, uh, you know, people that are slower at metabolizing caffeine can't take too much caffeine at once or they get you know, their heart can race, they can get anxiety, sweating, right? They just don't feel good, right? And they, they feel over, um, overstimulated, right? Whereas 
The AA is a very fast metabolizer. So the caffeine will wear down quickly. All right. They take it, they get their, you know, wakefulness, but then they may need, you know, another cup or they, they just have, um, you know, it wears through their, it goes through their system pretty quickly. So things that speed up CYPA12 enzyme activity, in particular, being around pollution and smoking can speed up that process. So that's something that we need to consider somebody that's smoking and, you know, it's just activating, you know, because the body, the liver, it has to put out a lot of smoke, let's say, um, you know, it's got to deactivate a lot of toxins. So it's that the CYPA12 enzyme is, is uh, increased when that's the case. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to let you know that if you were a coffee drinker, I have some critical information you need to know. You see, coffee is the number one source of antioxidants people are consuming all around the world. It's rich in chlorogenic and caffeic acid, which are polyphenols that stabilize your blood sugar, support gut health and improve your brain. And they also stimulate autophagy and deep cellular healing. So coffee has many amazing health benefits, but there's a dark side to coffee. It often carries mold, dangerous mycotoxins, and is heavily sprayed with pesticides that lead to chronic disease. It's also acidic, causing stomach issues, and many have to stop drinking coffee as they get older because it irritates their stomach lining. That's why I started drinking Life Boost Coffee. I wanted something that had all the health benefits with none of the mold and chemicals found in regular coffee. Plus, it's a shade-grown coffee, which is naturally a low-acid coffee that doesn't hurt my stomach. And they have hundreds of testimonials of people who couldn't stomach traditional coffee who can now enjoy coffee on a daily basis without any digestive discomfort. They also third-party test for 450-plus toxins, including mycotoxins, molds, heavy metals, pesticides, and even glyphosate, just to make sure it's the cleanest, healthiest cup they can provide to their customers. I also really like these guys because they build schools for their farmers' children near the coffee farms where they harvest their, their coffee beans. And their corporate sponsors are the Rainforest Trust to prevent deforestation and protect wildlife. They really care about the environment. And because you're listening to my podcast right now, you can get 50% off your first order by going to www.lifeboostdeal.com dot com that's lifeboostdeal.com they are again shade grown low acid clean and free of toxins and they taste amazing just go to lifeboostdeal.com to get 50% off now now other things are vitamin c rich foods and cruciferous veggies right so if you are a slow metabolizer then you may consider uh, you know, taking in more cruciferous veggies and vitamin C rich foods like lemon, right? Maybe having some lemon water with your coffee, for example, will help to increase the caffeine clearance. So therefore you have less anxiety, heart racing, maybe blood pressure problems, things like that, that could occur if you're consuming too much caffeine. Now, decreasing caffeine clearance things that help slow it down and keep it in the system faster. For some of you guys, if you're noticing like you take it and then you know, a few hours later, you just feel like, gosh, I need another hit of caffeine, um, then you may consider consuming things like quercetin, turmeric, or maybe taking supplements with these or having herbal teas with, uh, for example, chamomile, dandelion, St. John's wort, peppermint, cumin, those things 
all can have a positive effect as far as decreasing the caffeine clearance, keeping it in the system. Now, if you're already a slow metabolizer, those things can actually, again, cause more of an issue. Now, I will say that those foods have a very minimal impact for most people. They don't notice much effect. Um, you know, taking cruciferous veggies, they don't really feel a huge effect as far as it increasing the caffeine clearance. You know, if they drink chamomile tea with their coffee, they don't necessarily notice a big difference with decreasing caffeine clearance, but some people are a little more responsive than others. So these are some things to consider. Again, things that increase caffeine clearance are going to be, um, you know, positive things are going to be vitamin C rich foods. Uh, cruciferous veggies. So taking vitamin C with it, um, cruciferous veggies, or perhaps you're taking a supplement with like sulforaphane in it or broccoli sprout, that's going to help increase caffeine clearance, increase those CYP1A2 or A12 liver enzymes, right? Those things increase that. Things that decrease it, quercetin, turmeric, cumin, dandelion, chamomile, St. John's wort, peppermint. Okay. But again, it's kind of minimal as far as like, you know, the impact, it's not a huge needle mover, those things on um, CYPA12 liver enzymes, but it does have some impact. Now, medications that impact caffeine metabolism, you know, these are definitely things that have a larger impact. So uh, that is going to be, you know, the, these things can either, you know, increase caffeine half-life, uh, like for example, oral contraceptives may double caffeine half-life, especially during the luteal phase, right? So if you're taking birth control pills during that luteal phase, which is the second half of the menstrual cycle after ovulation, they can double the half-life of the caffeine, meaning keeping it in the system longer. So you got to remember that other things that have an impact stimulants, you know, so Ritalin, um, uh, Adderall, right? Things like that definitely have an impact. You have quinolone antibiotics, asthma medications, right, which are, are steroids, diuretics, anti-anxiety medications are going to kind of slow it down. Antidepressant medications as well, you're not going to notice as much of an impact. Um, anticoagulant medications and heart medications. These can all have, they can either increase or decrease the half-life or increase or decrease the impact that you're going to notice. So if you are consuming a lot of caffeine, and you're taking these medications, talk with your prescribing doctor about possible interactions with those and what you need to look out for. Now, another gene pathway that is impacted with caffeine metabolism is the adenosine pathway, particularly the Adora 2A receptor. Okay. And so the, the Adora A2 or Adora 2 gene is the adenosine A2 receptor gene. It's a G protein coupled receptor that is a major target of caffeine, right? That's what it's impacting, of course. It's binding up that receptor. So adenosine doesn't bind to it. And, you know, that receptor is important for regulating myocardial oxygen consumption, coronary blood flow, and central nervous system neurotransmitters. Certain variations in that gene play a large role in how caffeine impacts sleep, particularly the T allele increases anxiety. Okay. So if you're, you know, if you're consuming caffeine, you may have more anxiety with that. And the C allele can have more sleep impact, right? So, um, so if somebody's taking caffeine and they've got the T allele, they may potentially have more anxiety. If they have the C allele, 
Okay. They may have more impact on sleep, particularly if they're taking it later in the day, if they're taking caffeine later in the day and they have the C allele for the Adora 2 gene, A2, Adora 2 gene. I always say it wrong, but it's the adenosine A2 receptor gene. So Adora is kind of the uh, um, acronym, right? Or the, the, the condensed form for the adenosine A, A, adenosine A, so it's the Adora 2 gene. Now there's another one called the ADA gene, which is the adenosine deaminase gene. Okay, that metabolizes adenosine, right? So it breaks down adenosine in the synapse, the gap between the neurons. So obviously the faster it metabolizes adenosine, the less impact adenosine has. The slower it metabolizes, the more the stronger the impact adenosine has. The G, G allele is the major, the A allele is the minor. The A allele is associated with 35% reduction in adenosine clearance. So it doesn't break down the adenosine as quickly, the A allele of the ADA, the adenosine deaminase gene. And so the, you know, when it doesn't break it down as fast, you get more sleepiness, but it also improves your deep sleep. These people tend to be able to sleep very easily. For example, they can fall asleep real easily on a plane. You know, these are the kind of people that are like, they're not bothered by, you know, by a lot of noises. They're not very sensitive sleeper. They sleep very, very deep, but they can have more uh, feelings of sleepiness, lethargy, and fatigue throughout the day as well. And they can have more of a dependence on caffeine, right? So those people, um, you know, can be impacted by that. And caffeine can be, you know, one of the things that really benefits them. And so all of us kind of have a different, you know, that ways that we metabolize caffeine and our, our caffeine threshold, you know, can be different. I, for, I don't recommend more than two to three cups or let's say 250 milligrams of caffeine spread out throughout the day for anybody. Okay. And for some people, they need a lot less, maybe 50 milligrams max. Okay. And if you're dealing with chronic fatigue and a lot of issues like that, you know, actually just avoiding it altogether for, for, for a period of time and allowing your body to heal, recover and develop natural energy and resilience is, is usually the best thing you can do, but for performance enhancement. And that's really the way I look at caffeine. It is a performance enhancement tool, right? It is a neuro, it's a neurotropic, right? So it helps improve brain function, memory, mental clarity, uh, cognitive acceleration, your ability to think sharply and quickly. And so it can be very beneficial when taken strategically. You don't want to create a dependence on it. Okay. And I think taking a caffeine holiday, uh, like once a week, right? One day a week where you either, you know, significantly reduce the amount of caffeine you consume or completely come off of it altogether is very advantageous because the more caffeine you consume, the more adenosine your brain will start to make, right? So your nervous system says, oh, okay, well, I can't get adenosine. I can't, I'm not getting the activity of the adenosine activating these um, adenosine receptors. So I might need to take to make more adenosine or more adenosine receptors in there. And that's why people will need more and more and more caffeine because the same amount that gave them the concentration and mental clarity that they had uh, you know, the week before is not going to give them the same impact, you know, the next week. And this is why cycling it or taking caffeine holidays can be really helpful. Taking at least one day where you reduce it a lot can be very helpful for improving your overall sensitivity to caffeine. 
I just want to interrupt this podcast to tell you how important your immune system is and how it protects you from viruses, bacteria, parasites, and other pathogens. You see, your body was created to overcome the challenges from the environment. However, you must be an active participant and work to make your body stronger and more resilient to stress. And that is why I created our 10-in-1 Immunocharge formula because it's designed to help you do that. As I was studying the immune system, I found that there are critical nutrients that really support your body and give you more immune modulating power. These include things like quercetin, resveratrol, vitamin D, vitamin A, selenium, zinc, vitamin C, N-acetylcysteine, vitamin K2, and magnesium. And I used to supplement with all of these. I was taking 14 different capsules to get all these critical nutrients. And that is why I designed a product called Immunocharge. I actually put all of these nutrients in their clinical dosages that actually work in your body that are research-based. And all you have to do is take four capsules a day. So I take two capsules twice a day to help strengthen my immune function, to help keep inflammation under control. And so this really works and it really helps. It's called Immunocharge. You can actually get 30% off by going to store.drjockers.com forward slash products forward slash immunocharge, I-M-M-U-N-O-C-H-A-R-G-E and use the coupon code immune30 at checkout to save 30% off on immunocharge. Whatever you do, you've got to take You got to do everything you can to keep your immune system as strong and healthy as possible so you can be resilient to the different environmental stressors you face. Immunocharge is there to help you with that. Again, go to store.drjockers.com forward slash products forward slash immunocharge. Use the coupon code immune30 at checkout to save 30% off today. Now, if you're interested in getting your genetics tested, looking to see if you have the Ordora to gene. If you have the CYPA1 uh, gene, right? A12, like we talked about, which, uh, which variants you have. If you're a slow, fast, medium metabolizer, then check out 3x4 Genetics. We actually offer this on our website and my team will work with you. And actually the cool thing about this is it really breaks down all the genes and all the different pathways to see how well you are as far as genetically, how well you are at buffering oxidative stress, at inflammation, at dealing with caffeine, at dealing with histamine levels, right? It looks at all of that and creates really nice templates and a full actionable report. And you'll work with you know one of our, our um, health coaches to actually go through that and help create an, an actionable plan personalized, actionable plan to maximize your genetic health. So you guys can look at that if you want. Uh, We'll have links below this video and in podcast, uh, podcast notes that you can take a look at. Now, if you are consuming coffee as your caffeine source, this is what I recommend. Number one, waiting 90 minutes after you wake up to consume it. This is where a lot of people go wrong. They consume coffee, caffeine immediately after waking. And that's not what you want to do because when you wake up in the morning, you naturally should have more wakefulness hormones like cortisol and um, epinephrine or epinephrine elevated, right? That gives you wakefulness. And you actually want to train your brain and your nervous system to not depend on something on the outside to create wakefulness. And so you should naturally have this cortisol awakening response 
And it's going to be your cortisol levels are going to be higher for the first 90 minutes after waking up to give you that wakefulness. So you don't want to overstimulate your system early, right? You, again, you should normally have some of these stimulatory hormones. Therefore, you take the, the coffee about 90 minutes after. That's when the cortisol starts going down anyways. And that way you can kind of maintain that wakefulness, you know, for several hours later. So that's the first thing you want to do. Second thing, add in a pinch of salt. Salts, electrolytes, sodium, so critical for good health. Coffee is considered a diuretic and it can deplete you of some of these electrolytes. Salt will help keep your energy levels high, will help balance your adrenals and support your brain. So adding in just a little bit of salt, just a pinch of sea salt uh, is what you want to do here. You can add in some healthy fats like some MCT oil uh, if you would like, and that will help with ketone production. I particularly would recommend like a C8 MCT oil, which will help with ketone production and provide a great fuel source for your brain if your blood sugar is going down and will also help blunt overstimulation of caffeine because you know it's, it's going to help keep your blood sugar more stable. So you're going to notice that. You're going to notice that the caffeine just has a, a more balanced effect when you do that. Taking magnesium with coffee right? This is important, especially for the people that are fast metabolizers. This is a game changer. People that are fast metabolizers go through caffeine, or I'm sorry, go through, go through magnesium really quickly, right? Fast caffeine metabolizers, when they take the caffeine, they deplete up magnesium. So taking some magnesium with your coffee, whether you're taking, you know, capsule form or like an unsweetened powder or something like that, take it with, with your coffee, that's going to help. You know, for a lot of people, they also like to use coffee to help stimulate their bowels. And coffee is great as a bitter. It helps stimulate the liver, really helps flush the liver, helps stimulate peristaltic activity in the gut. Magnesium will really help with that as well and support that. So magnesium, taking that with coffee, it's, it's a game changer. If you feel like you don't get great benefits from coffee, you can try that out. And then drinking the right type of coffee. You want to make sure you're getting an organic mycotoxin-free shade-grown coffee. Why? Because number one, coffee is the most pesticide, herbicide-laden plant that's out there. So if you are not getting it organic, you're getting a ton of chemicals and toxins. So make sure you're getting organic. Mycotoxin-free is very important as well because coffee naturally grows, you know, mold uh, targets coffee beans right? And so you want to make sure that it's tested to be free of mycotoxins. Mycotoxins are going to cause major stress in your system. They are potent carcinogen. And also on top of that, they uh, really, really uh, cause your liver to have to function at a higher level and can cause more brain fog and more fatigue when you're, when you're drinking your coffee. So I like to make sure that my coffee is tested to be free of mycotoxins. And the shade-grown coffee also is less acidic. And so it tends to be more palatable and easier on your stomach. So that's what you're looking for. And there's a lot of people out there that they drink coffee and it's like, it just burns up their stomach. They get acid reflux. So um, getting the shade-grown is a game changer for a lot of people when it comes to being able to tolerate the coffee, just drinking it alone. So that's why I like Life Boost Coffee. Guys, if you're listening to this podcast, check out the show notes. I have a special offer, 50% off now. If you're watching this on video, the link will be below the video on YouTube. So check that out. That will save you up to 50% or over 50%, I think, on Life Boost Coffee. It's great coffee. 
Um, tons of five-star reviews. People love this. It's USDA certified organic, shade-grown, mycotoxin-free, low acid, and easy on the gastrointestinal system. So really good stuff. And then the C8 oil that I put into my coffee, right? When I have it, well, I don't typically, uh, actually, I'm sorry, I don't actually usually um, put this in unless I have coffee like around midday, right? Right around my eating window, that's when I'll put this in. However, using C8 MCT oil during your fasting window, even though it is some calories, it's not going to impact your insulin and your blood sugar. So it's just going to turn into ketones. For a lot of people, they feel great taking this. For me, I just drink black coffee in the morning. If I drink it in the morning, I don't always do it. I take caffeine holidays, but when I do use it, I use it for, you know, again, performance enhancement, higher, higher levels of, you know, cognitive acceleration, thinking sharply and quickly and better focus. Then I usually just drink it black. Okay. With a little bit of salt in it for the minerals. And I'll take, you know, magnesium supplements around it. However, if I take it around midday, or like, you know, shortly, like, you know, I, I typically never drink coffee after 3 p.m., but if I'm taking it somewhere, you know, around my eating window, then I like to put in some C8 MCT oil in there, which turns immediately into ketones, great fuel source for the brain, really helps create a smoothness with the coffee and the caffeine. Um, and so it's just great, helps suppress appetite, cravings, things like that provide this amazing fuel source for your brain to function at a really high level. So guys, check that out. We'll have links in the show notes again, and um, you can check that out and check out the discount on the keto brain as well. You can use a coupon code jockers 10 at checkout on our store. If you want to check out that keto brain, hopefully you guys enjoyed this training, learn more about caffeine metabolism here today. And also hopefully I inspired you to take a caffeine holiday from time to time. If you're not already doing that, I think that's really advantageous to get the best benefits from caffeine. You want to cycle it and reduce your consumption from time to time, maybe on weekends, times when you're not really trying to produce and perform at a high level, just reducing your consumption is going to help improve the sensitivity of your brain and your, and your neurotransmitters when you do consume coffee or caffeine, you know, uh, you know, on a, in a future date. So doing that from time to time can be really advantageous for you. So hopefully you enjoyed that and we'll see you guys in a future online training. Be blessed everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on, or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.